Do you own your own home or you're hoping to? The news on that front isn't particularly good today with new research showing Australia's housing market continues to be one of the most unaffordable in the world. Australia's capital cities rank highly with Sydney coming in second behind Vancouver in Canada and Perth not far behind that. Are you struggling to buy? Text in on one double nine double two seven twenty, or you can give us a call one three hundred triple two seven twenty, or maybe you got a bargain. Probably about thirty or forty years now, when bargains were there to be had. Hugh Pavlich is the co-author of a report into housing affordability, and he joins us now. Hi, Hugh. You all in Perth. Hello. What prompted this research? It was my concern going back to 2004, Gillian, um, when I was, I was particularly concerned about the information that people were getting about their housing markets, and uh, I wasn't at all happy with it, and this is how this median multiple or relating house prices to incomes came about, and I teamed up with my colleague in the United States, Wendell Cox, and we then got the first Demographia International Housing Affordability Survey underway there which was released in early 2005, and now we're up to the sixth edition, which we just released this week. And so tell us what you found. Well, regrettably, what we found with respect to Australia, and I was quite surprised by this, was um, that it came in the worst of all the six Anglo countries in the world. We survey six, which is the United Kingdom, Ireland, Canada, the United States, Australia, and New Zealand. And regrettably, Australia came in at the highest the most expensive housing in the Anglo world at 6.8 times household incomes. So when you say those figures, what does that, what does that sort of mean in terms for what, you know, the average Australian? What it means is that we shouldn't be paying any more than three times our household earnings to house ourselves and debt load ourselves with up to any more than two and a half times our annual earnings, our annual gross earnings. What's happened over these last couple of decades in Australia and New Zealand is due to lack of land supply is that uh, people are paying far too much for their lots and um, that's raised the price of housing enormously to, uh, until now, today that um, Australians are paying overall. In the major metropolitan areas, the 23 that we survey, some 6.8 times their household earnings it should they shouldn't be having to pay any more than three times their gross annual household earnings. And give me a breakdown. You do, you've you've done uh, state by state. Can you give me a little breakdown on Western Australia how that how that looked comparatively? Yes. Well, Perth was right up there. It was sitting very much on the average figure for Australia, or the um, at the, about the six point nine times household earnings, which is far too high. And um, but uh, of course, the second worst in the, in, in, of the country uh, of the cities that we surveyed, and there were 272 of them throughout the Anglo world, was Sydney. The, the worst of the lot was Vancouver in Canada. But uh, Sydney's sitting up above nine times earnings. So that means if you're earning $100,000 a year, you're in debt for $900,000 a year. Is, have I got that right? That's pretty pretty much on it. That's spot on. In fact, uh, Gillian, what um, what people on 100000 a year should be um, doing is just paying, say, 300000 to buy a house, not the 680000 that they're currently paying in Perth or the 900000 that they're paying in Sydney. Is that just becoming impossible to do? Of course it is, and it's, it's actually ridiculous because all people are doing is becoming mortgage slaves, and uh, the only winners out of all this really are the banks. 
So when you say mortgage slaves, we, we all are fairly familiar with the expression mortgage stress, I suppose, and and that's obviously a lot of debt. How do you define that? Well, uh, what we've tried to illustrate within this year's survey is two affordable cities in, in, <coughs> excuse me, in America, that's Atlanta in Georgia and Dallas-Fort Worth in Texas, and they're both below three times household earnings, the housing there, and we've compared them to Melbourne and Sydney, and it just illustrates how people in those two American cities are paying well less than 20% of their income on their mortgages. But people in, in, uh, in Perth and in Sydney and throughout the rest of Australasia are paying far too much and as much as 50% or even more. So um, that's all clearly set out within this year's demographia survey and um, I think people will be most surprised when they read it, Gillian. And Hugh Peters texted in with a, a good point. He says, uh, I've long been a, a believer that affordability comes through modesty. So is there a connection between recent findings that Australia has the largest houses in the world? Thanks for that, Peter. What do you say, reckon about that, Hugh? Not, not necessarily. To give you some, an example, I was in uh, Texas oh, two years ago and on the fringes of, um, of Houston, they're putting up starter homes on 700 square meter lots of 235 square meters with four bedrooms, ensuite, um, double garage, that's all included, plus ducted air conditioning. They're paying $30,000 for the lot and $110,000 for the actual house construction. So the the major problem really is in, the, in what people are having to pay for lots to put their houses on, Julian. So land, which seems quite remarkable in a country the size of Australia with the amount of space we have, even given that a lot of it is desert. That is correct. I mean, it's a, it's a, it is an absurdity to think that Australia hasn't got enough land to house its people. Australia, of course, is roughly about the same size as the United States with 307 million people. Australia has about 22 million people. Um, so it's there is no need whatsoever um, really in, in both our countries to even consider that we've got a land supply problem. Are we, are we talking about beachside suburbs or suburbs that people want to, to live in particularly? Are there any areas that are still affordable in Australia? Not of the major urban areas at all, uh, Gillian, unfortunately. They're all either um, seriously unaffordable or severely unaffordable. But um, as I say, Australia, unfortunately, is in the worst position of the whole of the six countries surveyed. So none where, where basically the work is? Sorry, I missed that. No, there's no areas of affordability where people might find, might find work and infrastructure, those sort of reasonable things that you might look for when you're wanting to buy a house. Not, not, in urban, not in the urban areas throughout Australia that are of a reasonable size and where people want to live. We, we surveyed 23 for Australia uh, and covered 272 urban markets throughout, throughout the Anglo world. Do you think this is as bad as it's going to get? No, it can get worse um, unless they start releasing land supply. But um, let's hope that that's not happening. I'm rather heartened by the Victorian government releasing land sufficient for around 250,000 homes in that state, but I haven't seen any moves at all in Western Australia, which surprises me. So what, um, what, what should the West Australian government be doing apart from... 
to, in our, in our view, uh, we cover this in the survey, where the focus really needs to be. And um, firstly, to start getting performance measures and indicators into the local government sector. Secondly, to release fringe land supply. And thirdly, to focus on financing infrastructure properly. Don't those um, land release issues, though, bring up um, other problems like, you know, urban sprawl and, as you say, the, you know, the infrastructure has to be there to support that. How, how does that happen quickly enough? Well, it's, it's certainly happening in America and, um, for the, and I urge people to read the survey closely and it's very, very common right throughout America. Most of, the, most of North America, in fact, is affordable and overall, while Australia, for example, is at about 6.8 times household earnings, to buy a house, um, America is about 2.9. So there's a vast difference. 20 and 30 years ago, we had no problems in Australia and New Zealand um, putting affordable housing in. And in fact, Australia was really one of the leading countries as far as getting good quality new housing in for people. So this is a, really, a, a really a very recent problem that we've created for ourselves. And this, much of this is because of government's inability or unwillingness to finance infrastructure properly. Why doesn't high-density housing work? Is that an economical use of land? No, it, it, it isn't really. The costs of it overall are far uh, more excessive than what it is to just allow people to live on normal-size lots, detached housing, where most people really want to live. That's, that's, what, that's the way we, most of us really want to live. And um, within this year's survey, we're very fortunate to have Dr. Tony Risi from Save Our Suburbs in Sydney, um, who is also an environmental scientist, who spells it out very clearly about the environmental aspects of this whole issue. Thank you very much for that, Hugh. That's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on your program. That's Hugh Pavlich, who's the co-author of the Demographia International Housing Affordability Service.